Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. The first reading is from the third chapter of Acts. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you, now, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from the third chapter of 1 John. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we see him as he really is. And all people have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, Don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our holy gospel comes this morning from Luke. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts do not have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, 
When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. My friend Gerald has been a funeral director for many years. He once told me of a time when he was called to attend to the needs of a local group home after the death of one of their residents. The group home served adults who had intellectual and physical disabilities, and the man who died was named Elmer. Elmer had lived most of his adult life in this group home, but in his mid-40s he had died unexpectedly in his sleep. Elmer had lots of challenges in his life, challenges with physical mobility and communication and controlling his emotions. His life had mostly been confined to this group home and where he lived with several other residents and was constantly in the presence of round-the-clock staff who cared for him. Elmer didn't have much family. Both of his parents were deceased and he was an only child, so Gerald took on the task of writing an obituary for Elmer. What he wrote started out like most obituaries, uh, listing the, the dates and the places of Elmer's birth and his death, listed the names and dates for his parents. And then when he, Gerald got to the place where many obituaries would list maybe a person's educational accomplishments or achievements in their career or maybe information about children or grandchildren. Well, there wasn't much to report on those fronts about Elmer. So at that point, my, my friend Gerald wrote what was most true about Elmer. He simply wrote, Elmer was a child of God. Elmer was a child of God. In the end, what more really needs to be written about any of us as we are summing up our lives? This week we are beginning a three-week journey together where we will be exploring the theme generosity, responding to the heart of God. Today we begin at the beginning by looking at our identity, at who we are. Like Elmer, our earthly lives begin and end rooted in our identity as God's children. That's what the writer of 1 John wanted us to know when he wrote, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. You see, in the game of life and of love, God makes the first move. 
God claims us long before we could ever begin even thinking about how we could earn God's love. God makes the first move by simply declaring, you are my beloved child, and with you I am well pleased. Now, if you are an earthly parent, you probably hope that the love you have for your children will shape who they are and who they become. That by rooting your child in the rich soil of love, you will help them grow to live confident, courageous, and compassionate lives. Well, it's the same for our heavenly parent. God has the same hope for each one of us, that we will be shaped and transformed because we are rooted in God's love and that our identity as God's children will change how we live. Because we are rooted in love, we give love. Because we receive grace, we offer grace to others. Because we are forgiven, we will forgive. Because we receive God's lavish and abundant gifts, we are generous in sharing our resources with the world. Our identity as God's children transforms how we live and how we love. We begin to take on a family resemblance, looking more and more like Jesus. As 1 John says, when Jesus is revealed, we will be like him. We are God's children now. But not just in this place. We are God's children always. Our identity as God's children isn't like our yellow name badges that we pick up on our way into church and we leave behind on our way out of church. Our identity as God's children goes with us out the door. So we are God's children tomorrow morning at that staff meeting at work. And we are God's children as we sit down tonight to have dinner with our family. We are God's children when we join our neighbors for a cookout. And we are God's children when we discern how and where we will invest our time and our money. We are God's children now. And when people look at us, the family resemblance should be unmistakable because of how we live and love like Jesus. Now, I'm guessing you already know this, but it is much easier to live into our identity as God's children when we are connected to a church family. We have the support of many, many brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, I think it's nearly impossible to learn about God's love in isolation. We need parents and mentors to model a life of faith for us. We need a church family to nurture us and surround us with love and care and to teach us about Jesus. I mean, how will we know that we are beloved to God unless we have a community of people to teach us our belovedness? the beginning of our worship today, you heard Rachel talk about our weekday nursery school program here at Good Shepherd. What a tremendous outreach that is for us. 175 kids and growing. 
And as we know, our nursery school doesn't just impact those 175 students, it impacts their whole family. It's not an exaggeration to say that our nursery school program touches the lives of 500 people every single week. Imagine this family gathered around a table to eat dinner, and their four-year-old insists on saying the prayer before they eat. In that moment, that child is bringing faith into his or her home. 175 children are learning to pray in our nursery school, and they are bringing that practice home to their families, teaching their parents and their siblings about this God who loves them. And you make that happen. When you support Good Shepherd with your financial gifts or with your time and talent and prayers, you enable our nursery school ministry to exist. 51 years ago, the people of Good Shepherd did not say, oh, maybe we can rent out a part of our building so someone else can run a preschool. No, they said, we need, we as a church need to start a nursery school so that we can impact the lives of the children in our neighborhood, so that we can help children become rooted in God's love and show them that they are beloved to God. And because of you, that's what we do. Thank you. My friend Gerald, told me that they held a funeral service for Elmer. And the people he lived with and the staff who worked with him all came. And they wept together and they laughed together as they shared stories about how Elmer had touched their lives. Even though Elmer had a lot of challenges, he was beloved. And the human community that surrounded him bore witness to God's love for him. Yes, Elmer was a child of God, and so are you. The writer of 1 John tells us we are God's children now. How can we not be changed by that? The promise holds great power to shape who we are and who we are becoming as we journey together over these next couple of weeks, I hope you will see an invitation to consider your generous response to God's claim on your life and an invitation to invest in the work God is doing among us and through us at Good Shepherd. For many of us, myself included, this community, this community, grounds us and inspires us to grow into the changed people that God is calling us to be. This community is part of the rich soil that keeps us grounded in God's love. This community is where we learn that we are beloved and that we are God's children now. Over the next couple of weeks, I will be praying about my generous response to God's love and my support of our shared ministry. And dear children of God, I invite you to do the same. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.